the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. History tomorrow. First woman governor of Arkansas will be sworn in tomorrow at noon at the Capitol. And that will, of course, be governor-elect Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So uh, congratulations, by the way, to her. Going to be a lot of great things that are coming up. I saw uh, a headline... I stopped and bought donuts. Did you guys get a donut? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, you guys got, okay I got donuts. Uh, and the headline said that the um, the three things that they're going to deal with in the uh, session right off the bat are Medicaid. I forgot what number two was. Number three was schools. I think maybe it was maybe it was prisons was number two. I don't know, but Medicaid was number one, and how to how to get more money to the hospitals because the hospitals, of course, as normal, are going broke. That's what they keep telling. How long have they been saying this now, RD? How long have they been telling us? <laughs> they charge you five hundred dollars for a yeah. pillow, and they're going broke. Yeah, they're going <laughs> well, broke. Well, you know, it's a socialist system. They take our money out of our checks before we get it. I tell you what, it's just we have socialized medicine in America, and what happens is the hospitals and the insurance company shows up with the bills that they want to run. They have a meeting at the first of the year and say, okay, you need to cover everybody in Arkansas, so we give you permission to charge everybody with a job this much money, and this much money you're going to have to cover everybody in the whole state. So they just cut a deal on how much me and you are going to pay to help cover over the 40% of the people that don't work. So who knows if they're actually going broke. But the reality is that sometimes when you have very, very badly managed systems, you can throw piles and piles and piles of money at it, and they still go broke. Oh, yeah. The Arkansas Healthcare Exchange, which started out to be Obamacare, then it was private option because they were buying private insurance with taxpayers' money, and now they call it AR Home. Mm. So the, I'd I'd be interested in to know how much the Arkansas Healthcare Exchange is going to cost the taxpayers, which that's what we're providing insurance for everybody that that don't work, and I'd like to know how much it's uh, costing us and and how much uh, if there's any stomach ever to uh, postpone the Obamacare agenda. Well, here's my here's my question. All right, when Obamacare came out. And they told us we must pass it. We had to have it. Why? Because the rural hospitals were going to go broke if they, exactly. if they didn't have it. That's what so, they said. Now so they, they have it, they're going broke Now anyway. they have it, and they're still going broke. And, they, and we're paying more 
every year now every year. because of Obamacare. Oh, and, and, and money, <laughs> government money often comes with strings attached. And so it, it may very well be that, yes, they got an extra several million dollars, but it might have cost them several million dollars more than what it actually was. <laughs> I need to get Alan Kerr extra. on to talk about and, this. And, you know, B.B. cut a deal with all the, the, the Republican leadership to help get it passed because B.B.'s, uh, you know, House majority and Senate majority had gone away, so they all cut deals to uh, to get Obamacare passed in Arkansas, and they sent letters out to the superintendents and the county judges that says, if we don't pass this, the hospitals are going to go broke. We're not going to be able to keep the schools open and we won't be able to keep the roads We had up. a friend and still do have a friend up in uh, uh, the county that changed his mind about Obamacare and said that it was the only way to save the rural hospitals. I wonder what he has to say now. Maybe we should get a hold of him. <laughs> Yeah, it was the only way to save the schools, the hospitals. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. And but we were gonna kill it in five years when we had to start That's paying right. our care. That's we're right. gonna kill it gone. in five years. It's gonna be so. gone. Well let's see, it's now been eight about uh, what Twelve years now, yeah, close I think, to it. Uh, it's never temporary. No government control ever is. That's what, it's what Reagan always told us. The next thing, you know, the clo- closest, closest thing, thing to eternity line. is a government so, program. So people talk about taxes and how bad taxes are. A local, a family of four people that I know, which happens to be my doctor and his two kids, pays fifteen hundred dollars a month for health care insurance, which they never use a dime. Of because they have a fifteen thousand dollar deductible. They here. must call Pat Davis today. Boy, you got that right. There's a lot. He'll of save them thirty to fifty percent right off the top of that. Yeah, but most people are paying more for insurance than we are for taxes. But so that's but okay. hey, we got the best. So we're, let's, do, let's do the math on that. So that's eighteen thousand dollars a year, fifteen hundred dollars a month. Plus the fifteen thousand dollar deductible, and so before they can get any benefit from that, they essentially have to spend what thirty? Is that thirty two thousand dollars? Yeah, about thirty two thousand dollars. But they said they never have done it before. So but you know what? Sorry. You know what the left says? Well, he's a doctor. <laughs> he's got enough money. Yeah. Yeah. They also said about when you when someone burns down your building. Oh, they got insurance. Yeah, I love that. Like, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah that, he's that's got called, insurance. With, you know that that smacks of insurance fraud. Yeah. Like we can burn this down because it's insured. Yeah. Uh, no, no, you can't. It's a riot. No one will tell that you burned right. down your own building, right? <laughs> and one of my favorite deals of, of the socialized medicine that we've got now, your doctor is incentivized not to spend any time with you or talk to you, and you feel like you're getting herded through like cows going through a chute. And then you wonder and, why and, they have such and, an enormous kill rate. That's from, exactly from right. It's like you take uh, – so now nobody gets good care. You went from everybody didn't have it, now everybody has it, but nobody gets good care. That's socialism. <clears throat> I mean – Everybody suffers together. Exactly. <laughs> Equality. Everyone's equally poor. It's great. Except for the except for the, the elite. <laughs> it, was a, it was years ago. Yeah, right? that's the people who write. Oh, yeah. The law. Well, I mean, that's the elite. Papa Smurf has to have his caviar. Yeah. <laughs>
it was years ago, but I had a coworker, and her whenever she got sick, uh, she would go to the emergency room. She had a cold, she had a cough. She'd go to the emergency room, not not a clinic, but the emergency room. Of course. Like, oh yeah, like my my Obamacare insurance like uh, gives me better coverage if I go to the emergency room. Plus, if I make my, if I make a nuisance of myself, they'll give me some codeine cough syrup and send me on my way. Well, that's so, so you can get high. Exactly. So they can make purple drink or whatever it is. You mix it with uh, with soda and drink it. It's terrible. But yeah, that, that's just it's easier with Obamacare to get away with that. Yeah, that's well, that was one of the immediate effects of of passing it. But the other thing that Paul and I was up there while they were passing it, watching it, and uh, but the the best thing I liked is the insurance companies are guaranteed twenty five percent profit. Yeah, in that's the contract. That, that's part They're of the guaranteed. quarter. Now, part of the quarter got they got rid of in Washington D.C. <laughs> because of crews. I mean, they were going to make even more money off of that if they lost money. I mean, if they lost money, there was a law that said that the federal government would make up the loss. And Cruz brought that up, and they voted it out of it. They get well, rid of it. The Arkansas contract, when they passed it, uh, said that if insurance company in Arkansas was guaranteed 25% profit. That sounds like a Originally, pretty good, I like don't pretty know. Good deal if you can now they've named, renamed it three or four times, but I know they appealed this uh said well we're going to we're going to make it conservative and we're going to cut a deal with Obama and put a lot of work things into it where they have to apply for a job or something but anyway healthcare is not going to get any cheaper because the government's involved in it part of it is we've just got <laughs> whatever the government wants to do it will never be cheaper than doing it by the market well part of it is that we just don't have people that have the intestinal fortitude and the, and the principles there to say, look, this is not the role of government. Yeah, it may be a nice thing to do to give people free health care. Don't but hold your breath for it. No, I understand. And, but it's, <laughs> They're going to cut the budget this year. This is going to be the fifth thing. They We're gonna they're going to cut I the bet. budget, but they're going to cut bet. the budget by... by uh, by ten percent. Oh, because they're because they're going to to raise it by one percent less. Exactly. Actually, if I was a predictor, I'd say the budget's going to raise five percent this year. And do That's the math. Conservative estimate. That they'll probably raise it by five percent this year. But you know, we're going to cut taxes a lot, but we're not going to cut spending any. Okay. Now, all right. With this is all said, and we're going to get back to all of this. Let me do some house cleaning because I've already had three text messages on this. Dave, are you going to be at the Capitol today? Answer is no, not today. I start at the Capitol a week from tomorrow. This week, house cleaning. This week, setting stuff up. No reason to even really be there. So we'll be there. The day, we'll start the day after Martin Luther King's birthday, and then we'll be there every Tuesday and Thursday. Second question. If so, where are you going to be at? Third floor, where I'm always at. Third floor, right now, from what I know, I'm going to be by the Senate chamber. Okay. Oh, okay, wow. that's where I'll be, over on the Senate side this year. They moved me from the people's house on the <laughs> on the other side. They put him close to the rail in case they want to throw him over it. <laughs> <laughs> they got me they're putting me over by the by the Senate side. So that's that's where I'll be. That's I talked to John Thurston last week. I talked to a couple of people from his office. I have been told here's all I ask to do my show. I need a six foot table. I need four chairs. 
and I need a big heavy-duty extension cord so I have my you know power. Other than that, we've got all the all the equipment, and uh, it will be there. We'll set it up on that uh, probably Monday. I go over on Martin Luther King Day and set it up, and then I don't have to worry about it. Uh, tearing it down and setting it up every every day, it just stays there. Uh, the Capitol Police do a good job of not letting anybody walk out. They walk. They see somebody walking out with a, a Comrex, they stop <laughs> right. them. All right, so that work, it works out that way. But that starts a week from tomorrow. We'll start doing what we've done in the past, which is cover the uh, the session very closely. Now, what does that mean? Just Tuesday and Thursday, Dave? No. If something happens on Wednesday, we'll cover it then. But here's what I'll tell you. A lot of stuff doesn't happen on Monday because you got to get them all there. you got to herd the cats to get them to, <laughs> to, the, to the legislature. And then on Friday... They, they like want to go home. They do like to go home. <laughs> they just, hit. They they have an early meeting and they're gone. It's about that fast. I mean, it's just must be nice. It's 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 well, like, especially uh, early in the session, there it takes a while for things to kind of get ramped up. Yeah, so it, it will take a little bit, but we can start reading bills and start talking to legislators and. Um, you're going to read the bills? That's I thought the legislators are supposed they to do to that. have to pass it to know what's in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. Now, we're, we're being mean to them because that's national, all right? Yeah, I know. That's, well, that's it's Pelosi a, a lot, and, and a all lot that. of the bills that get passed are, are very short, very easy to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of Unless them are not. wrote by the state. So, some of them are not. Some of them are <laughs> still, some of the state, even the state bills are still very long. I think there was a bill last session, maybe in the session before, that was about 900 pages. <laughs> 900 pages. Wow. It it, was, it wasn't bill. even the consequential bill, I think. Yeah, was. that's like one of the big ones. It's not like up yeah, there most of them are not in Washington, like D.C., 42,000 pages, no, yeah. and I've never you got six hours to read it. Right. Yeah, you I've don't have enough interns for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've never seen anything like now, that. Now, in the rules package that the Republicans will be voting on today, if they vote it in, one of the new rules is that a Three bill days. has to give you 72 hours to read the bill. 72 hours is still pretty tough for 40,000 pages. For 40,000 pages and understand what's there. Yeah, try reading your Bible in in three days. Okay, so this was sent to me, and uh, I've already sent a question mark out to uh, the Senate Pro Tem. This isn't from me. Okay, that's how it starts. Okay, so I will not tell you where it's from. Well, I can say it's probably more to than a rumor than, because I know where it came from. But it would be interesting to know why Bart Hester picked Clark Tucker, Democrat, to be assistant pro tem for the 2nd District over the Republican choices in the 2nd District. Didn't come from me, Dave, yeah, and I understand why. Uh, I sent Mr. Uh, Hester a, a question, and you guys know I like Bart Hester. He's a good man. I just said, Bart, it's Dave Ellswick. Is it true you picked Clark Tucker to be the second pro tem district two? Were there no other Republicans that wanted the job? Would like for you to tell me so I can let my listeners know why you made this choice. So, we'll see if we get an answer before we get off the air today. I don't know if I've even ever heard of that position before. So, we'll see what, what goes down on this. So, stay tuned. There's stuff already percolating here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Tomorrow, uh, the governor, 
elect taking uh, the oath of office. That happens at noon at on the steps of the Capitol. I haven't made up my mind yet. I think I'm going to try to make it over there. It's supposed to be in the high, mid to high 60s, so mm-hmm. it should be a nice day to go over and I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping to be happen. there tomorrow as well. So anyway, it's a historic occasion. It'd be nice to be there to see it all happen. Take a break. Come back. Do more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Remember about ICU protection, what they can do for your house, what they can do for your business. If they can do it for a Nuke One, they can do it for you. Get your door and window sensors, get your indoor and outdoor cameras, get those motion detection that you want. Uh, you know, know whether it's just a puff of wind with some leaves or if it's uh, somebody walking on their hind legs bipedally, you know, and uh, you want to do something nasty to you. Uh, also, find that out for your business as well. You know, keep your house and your business safe with ICU protection. Call them, 501 205 1333. Don't forget the other part of this that I always tell you about. Pay for the service, but not the hardware. The hardware is put onto your home or onto your business at no cost to you. 501 205 1333. That's ICU protection. Okay, so. Uh, were you guys as bad as I was? And on Friday night, you stayed up to almost 1 o'clock in the morning, Saturday morning, in fact, so that you could see if McCarthy was going to end up Speaker of the House. Did, uh, you, did you stay up that late? I was, um, I mean, it was popping up on my Twitter. I stayed no. up that late. <laughs> I was staying up for that, but no, it was I think popping I saw up it the next morning. Periphery. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, they their excuse at the time was when he finally got through on his 15th pass, it, it was. Like, oh, we made some good faith deals. Like, oh, you were just holding off your bribes, and then you switched your votes, right? Okay. Yeah, I, you know, I've got a kind of a different feel about this. The About 16 of them that switched their votes towards the end, I understand the horse trading thing. I mean, that's been going on since uh, Congress got together. But what I didn't understand is people who said, you know, hell no, I won't vote for uh, McCarthy. No matter what he does, yeah, I man. won't vote for him. I'll hold it up, and and, and and I won't do it. That I didn't understand. You got work that you got to do. Now, what's more important, your personal vendetta or the work of the United States? Now, I mean, I don't like blockading rhinos, the same kind that just like the— the McCain's and, and folks like that back in the Trump day, who just absolutely would not pass anything. I Trump agree. Wanted. I mean, I, I didn't, didn't like those I don't people. Like that they either. just got in the way. On the other hand, McCarthy was such a terrible candidate. I mean, you sent us those list of concessions that they, they got those people to vote for him, and like those never should have been concessions. I look at his voting record, and he votes for gay marriage. He voted for all the money to Ukraine. He voted for uh, forcing the Pfizer vaccine on military uh, employees. He, he he was everything Democrat. He's a terrible candidate, and the fact that they had to get they had to pull teeth to get those concessions from him just for basic conservative ideals. I mean, he's an awful candidate. So I do understand why nobody wanted to vote for. Him. But the sad fact of the matter was, he, was he our only candidate that couldn't have run anybody better? I mean, was that it? They thought about some people, but nobody voted for him. Right? I mean, that's the sad thing. Is If that's what it took just to get him to grit his teeth and concede that, okay, well, maybe I will vote for some conservative. Even though he's a GOP, he'll vote for some conservative ideas. I mean, I can see why no one wanted to vote for that jerk. Well, Nancy Pelosi put in a bunch of measures like yeah, those rules, you can't yeah. you can't you can't fire 
the Speaker of the House? Unless you have 100 votes. Unless, right. Oh, wow. And they wanted to go back to the way it was from the beginning of the House. And see, I didn't have any problem with that one at all. One vote. One vote, and you can bring him up. You could, yeah, yeah. you could bring him up for vacating the seat. That doesn't mean one vote makes him vacate. It just means they vote on it. Right. It's like. I, mean, I want to vote to vote to dis, dis seat the um, unseat the speaker. It's like yeah. okay. Those in favor say aye, and one one hand goes up, and everybody else says no, and then the, it's, it's over, done. and they go on. Moved on. Move yeah, on. But, uh, it's just a way but, of trolling them, basically. But anyway, the deals are cut before you show up. Yeah. If you wait to show up, I mean, the deal was done. I didn't stay up because I didn't. I didn't think there was any chance of anybody else stepping forward because. Well, Jordan didn't want it. You know. He he stepped. A lot of people wanted Jim Jordan, but he said he didn't want that. He wanted was it the judiciary? I think isn't it what what he wanted? And uh, you know that's what he's going to get because that's what he's been working on the last two years. He's been working on that Hunter Biden thing. Hmm. And if you're working on Hunter Biden, you're working on Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, it's something to keep in mind. That goes in as well. As far as that, well, it won't go anywhere. I mean, nothing ever does. It gets stopped. There's enough people to stop it. We all know that. But, uh, you know, maybe they can get some of the truth out. That would be nice because the House now has subpoena power. They can bring people, they can subpoena people, make them show up. I personally think they should subpoena Nancy Pelosi right <laughs> off the No, right off the bat, there's a lot of things she didn't do before January 6th, and I want to know why she didn't do them. Oh, yeah, she told the security, basically, to stay That's down. exactly yeah. right. She did. She was so scared of an insurrection and all these people. Why did she tell the security not to bother to just go? <laughs> Thank you. That's a good yeah. question. Obvious Let's find out what, what's going on about that. All right, we're going to do some news. we got news, right? Okay, so let's uh, let's do some news. Then we'll come back. we got a lot of stuff to talk about. There's a lot of things that are uh, out there. President went to the border. I don't know. What was he there? Two and a half hours or something? El Paso, right? Yeah, El Paso. Yeah, they cleaned up the streets and everything before he got there. He got out there brooms and cleaned it up real good for him, so it looked really nice. We set a new record for people coming across the border illegally this year. We'll talk about that as well. But first, we've got to get you your news. Let's do that. It is a Monday. How are you? Hope your weekend was a good one. Let's jump back in to the Dave Ellswick Show. By the way, don't forget what they were telling you during that last break. Starting Tuesday... Of next week, the Dave Ellswick Show moves to 7 o'clock in the morning, and we go until 11 o'clock. So four-hour show. Yeah, again. back to four hours again, the way that it was supposed to be. <laughs> the way radio and, intended. And some hours. people, yes, and some people Posted. got weird that I had to deal with. You know, it'll, they're it'll, gone, and we got back to normalcy again. It, it, it'll be a little bit easier to get up in the morning. A tad. Now, you know, I won't have to rise until 5 o'clock instead of 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock is early. I mean, everybody says, Dave, 4 o'clock's not that bad. You know, and I said, well, then they can move my show back to starting at 5, and i got to get up at 3. <laughs> you know, no thank you. Slippery slope. Yeah, that's right. Three's not that bad. Yeah. It'll make, it'll, it'll make a difference. It kind of, it, it, 4 o'clock is kind of the, it, it's a. It's one hour past the hour of witchcraft. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll just put it that way. You know, three o'clock is 
is uh, Satan's time. You know yeah, the that, witching right? hour because fewer people are awake praying, right? That's the reason. Well, no, no, no. The reason, the reason being is that that's twelve hours reverse from when Christ supposedly died on uh. the cross. That's why uh, you know the the devil's doing his business at that point. Is what they say. As far as that's case. concerned, you know, <laughs> as, far as all that goes. Yeah. All right. Well, let, let's hear what uh, George Stephanopoulos, or as I call him, Topo Gijo, and all of, only you people who watched uh, F- uh, Fred Sullivan or Fred uh, Ed Sullivan back in the day know who Topo Gijo is. But uh, he reminds me of Topo Gijo. It looks like that little element, elephant without the nose. Uh, and uh, what he had to say about uh, McCarthy being Speaker of the House. Have you got it? Here we go. Now, we're waiting for it. Okay. We've had, we've had a, a mistake here by the machine. I love machines. Well, give me a preview. Is that except what when they don't work. Is a statement? Gonna he said. He says just what every Democrat would say. Uh, oh boy, <laughs> this is. He's not going to be able to keep the Republicans working. Hell yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. What all the fighting was has happened now. Now we're ready to go. Here we go. Anniversary of the January sixth insurrection. Kevin McCarthy clinched his decade-long quest to be Speaker of the House. It came with concessions to the most extreme members of his caucus, the help of the former president he denounced on the House floor two years ago, and the prospect of two more years of brinksmanship over his hold on the office, the fiscal security of the United States, and the basic functions of governing. All right. I want to play that again. Listen to the words that Stephanopoulos uses. He starts off by saying, on the anniversary of, on uh. the anniversary of January 6th, here we go. On the second anniversary of the January 6th insurrection, Kevin McCarthy clinched his decade-long quest to be Speaker of the House. It came with concessions to the most extreme members of his caucus. All right, stop it right there. We don't have to go any further. We don't have to go any further. Okay, there you go. He says, the insurrection, all right, number one, the insurrection, and number two, the most extreme elements of his party. So the basic, like, actual conservative members of the GOP, yeah, they're the extremists, right? Well, well there's not even, no, not even saying that. There, you know, there, were, there was 90% were for voting him in, and then about 10% held it up. Now, there, I'm going to say there were maybe five that were holding it up out of personal animosity towards him. I don't know I don't know if he peed in their potato chips or something, <laughs> but I'm just telling you, they weren't going to vote for McCarthy, okay? Uh, and I mean, I said that wrong. Should be peed in their in their. Well, uh, I mean, you said that, that list, and it says McCarthy's concessions include changes to how the House is run, placing yeah. members of the House Freedom Caucus on key committees, and the creation of a committee to conduct a major investigation into the FBI. And that's oh, important because let me yeah. tell you the different. What's so important about that FBI one? All right. Usually, if there's a committee. That's put together in uh, Washington D.C. during in in the uh, the House or the Senate. All they look at is whatever they have been told to look at. If they happen to come across something else, somebody says something, you go, "What? What? You want to repeat that? You know, you can't suddenly open up another avenue." This. 
committee is able to do that. Mm, They're so able to idea. actually chase the truth, but it which took, should make it, took it interesting. It 15 rounds of voting and holdouts to get these concessions out of McCarthy just to investigate the FBI. I mean, that's something that shouldn't have been a concession, that he should have been on board with from, from the start. From what I understand, he was. He was? I mean, how much faith do we have in this we still don't know what all the cia had to do with the uh yeah. you know with the jfk assassination i mean is that going to be there if out? they find anything that looks bad they'll bury it in a file and say in a hundred years we'll tell you about it which, uh, which that, is which is a serious problem <laughs> I, I think that this this thing about having all this top secret information that's that's under wraps all the time it should be a crime to put stuff oh. like that. You can't handle the yeah. truth, Paul. I, right. I guess you can't so. handle it. How you many, can't handle yeah. the truth. How many FBI <laughs> and CIA? They were talking about the Here insurrection. Tom Cruise. Really? You can't handle the truth. <laughs> they're talking about the January 6th in- insurrection, and everyone knows that they're – everyone could see that there were CIA and FBI plants in that crowd. How many of them were there? Who were they? Like – so, okay, they got permission with this concession to investigate the FBI, but what if it turns out, oh, no, it's the CIA that did it, and you don't have permission to investigate the CIA. And, that, and that's a problem. And so part of, part of the issue is when, when we allow government officials to keep stuff a secret and they don't get, they don't get prosecuted for um, illegitimately doing that, when they're just covering up their own criminal behavior, exactly. I mean, that, that's a serious problem. It's just like having the police officers investigate the police officers. Right, right. and that's I another, mean, they take care of each other. They're not similar, going to burn each it's other. It's similar to the down. problem of um, um, qualified immunity, where you've got government officials who can break the law and violate your rights, and basically they don't get prosecuted. Hey, they're immune yeah. from Obamacare, aren't they? They vote on that. <laughs> like, oh, it applies to everyone in the country but us. Yeah. But it's good for you. Yeah. It but works. Yeah, sure. Yeah, if you're healthy. Huh? <laughs> well, I, <laughs> just don't always, get sick. It's that easy. I always refer to this the same way I refer to anything else. I remind everybody what uh, a libertarian once said that ran for president. He said, the government comes and breaks your legs. Then they show up two months later and they say, hey, I'm here to help you. I've got crutches. Right. Yeah, right. that's, and a, that's the way they enough, do things. And we're dumb enough to say thank you. Oh, it's yeah. always that's because own, nobody yeah, pays right. attention. I read that George Orwell cl- quote Friday. I don't know if you guys happen to be listening, but it said, beer, gambling, and sports. Forget about basically what's really happening. Wow. That's probably somebody pretty pretty bread and circuses. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Bread I mean, and circuses. They, they say like, oh, we should trust them. Like the government would never do anything that wasn't yeah. in the best interest of the yeah. American people. Like, oh wow, we got Operation Northwoods, we got MK Ultra, we got the Tuskegee experiments. I mean, these aren't conspiracies; they're things that actually happened. That the government actually killing uh, American citizens, but for the good of American citizens. Yeah, we're supposed to say like, oh yeah, they would never put uh, CIA and FBI plants in, in uh, January sixth to do cause you, an insurrection. Do you really believe? Believe they would infect people with small with syphilis <laughs> at a school, right? They did well, it. But, though, but, but they Institute. were just, they were black people though, so that yeah, okay. that's true. Oh, that yeah, wasn't yeah for the, for the folks that voted on that from the south at that time. They weren't people. Sad. It's sad. I mean, it happened. Yeah. Oh, so. I forget what the when they did it, but it 
they, they sprayed the flu virus into the uh, subways of San Francisco to see how many people would come down with the flu in any given time. Yeah. Mm. That stuff they did. I mean, oh, my word. they, they got to know how to protect us. You look like a white rat there, Artie. You look like Let's infect Artie and see. Uh, come on, you want to do it, don't you, Artie? We got, we got some stuff that we think it'll work. Let us inject it into you. In fact, we're going to force you to be injected. If you're going to do it, at least just be honest about it. Yeah. I mean, and then tell everybody what you're doing. Don't do it and not tell everybody and then hide the truth well, and lie about that's it. That's what I they mean, always if do. You're, if you're going to do something, just it's own It's a cover-up that's always it. the worst. But, but <laughs> the thing is, though, they're criminals. They know they're criminals. And they know that if they, if they actually were truthful about it, that somebody would um, – hang them yeah <laughs> yeah now, they've been enlightened they know what's really going on so they have to make decisions for i us. know it was a democrat committee in the 70s but they did a lot of good work uh i give you a little homework here google frank church committee mm-hmm. all right uh, the well, frank I was looking church at that. committee from the 70s see i lived through that all I don't have to look it up. I know what happens. It's going to be interesting. You'll be interested to read what what they were looking into. Now they started the, on the uh, the Contra thing, the Sandinista thing. That's what it started with. But it got into a whole lot of other stuff, and it was pretty uninteresting. Some of the stuff that they found out, yeah. and and we need more of that. That's. That's that uh, transparency that we always talk yeah. about here on this show. Well, part, part of that, yeah, transparency is a big issue. We've got so much that's just a secret or it's just hard to get the, get the information through. And um, But, yeah, that article you sent us was talking about the church committee. Yeah. That was, it wasn't a, like, let's go to church committee. That's, no. It was, a, it was the Frank Church from Idaho is the guy who started it. It, it was a, a method of investigation yeah transparency. transparency and it was interesting did you read the whole article uh most of it i think did you yeah. find you saw the things they found out about the cia during that time it was not good <laughs> well and, and that's and that's a, that's one of the things that, that we need more transparency we need um accountability for these people and we don't want to just let's fi- figure out what they did wrong i want to punish them too that's the thing is transparency without consequences is meaningless i mean we watched we saw with our own eyes and with our cameras election fraud happening uh, the past two big elections, and the response was like, "Well, what are you going to do about it?" And the answer has been nothing. The courts you know? won't let you do anything. Yeah, about we, it. we have the we have the um, the Epstein logs all sealed away for a hundred years, where no eyes can lay uh, on them. You can't see who went on like, that yeah, plane. Right? I talk about transparency. <laughs> right on you know, top like the JFK file. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell it everybody. Under who, it. <laughs> I tell everybody who was on that plane is dead and can't be held accountable. But so like we know, like they wouldn't have sealed those away if they didn't want to accept the consequences of what happened. That's basically an admission of guilt. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. We know a few of them that aren't dead. Yeah, yeah there's several. There's that a aren't lot dead of them who aren't dead. I mean, yeah, dead is like old that. age when they're out there. Oh yeah. When we don't find out who was on there for a hundred years. By the time I'm dead, are you we'll saying they're out. sexually dead? Is yeah. that what you're okay? Okay, I'm, I'm, I know. I understand what uh, you're pointing out now. All right, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Don't forget, they'll be open today. You know, Eric is back from vacation. He's ready to talk to you. And uh, you want to pick up something? I mean, let me remind you, Valentine's Day is not that far away. It is not that far away. February 14th. Uh, Go over and check out what he's got. You know, look in some of those great large display cases. And if you get in there right now and you say, I want something made uniquely by you, Eric, he can do it for you. 
Just go over and visit him. 3000 Cavanaugh, Sweetie. They're open today and uh, all the way through Saturday. 10 to 6, over 40 years of experience. Go and talk to Eric Coleman, my buddy, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. All right, so South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem is demanding answers on how federal agencies allowed her personal information to become public in the aftermath of record releases from the January 6th committee, as well as how these agencies plan to combat the potential results of that leak. That's according to Fox News. Uh, Town Hall reporting, Nome said that when she and her family visited former President Trump at the White House in December 2020, Their personal information was recorded on visitor logs, which then became evidence for the January 6th committee. As a result, the unredacted Social Security numbers were put into a spreadsheet and then posted online this last week, which was taken down finally on Wednesday. They take your Social Security number when you visit the White House? They're they're punishing you. Uh, Yeah, they're punishing these people. Like, don't ever we can believe. trust them with everything else. That's right. Yeah. Don't ever believe that they won't punish you. They Whoops. will punish you. We just happened to accidentally fail to redact the, the list of Your social, social security, security numbers, numbers. like yeah. the most private information possible, the most sensitive. Yeah. And, Oops. And, and, My and, bad. And, and there we go. We, we've probably got a government official who, who either unintentionally did it or they intentionally did it, yeah. and they probably won't be held accountable because they have immunity. Yeah. They, at most, they might lose their job, but they won't more than likely. Nobody's going to lose they, their they, job. They, they, they won't get um, held accountable personally. They probably won't even be identified. It'll, might, they'll probably blame it on, like, an intern. They'll, they'll blame it yeah. on some, like, aide or someone, you know. The, it, the per- it someone who really though. effectively yeah. can't even be held Well, accountable. here's the key. This is why draining the swamp will never happen. Mm-hmm. Because if you could seriously go in and, let's say, you know, you, you you elect a new president, and he's a real hardcore conservative, and so he wants to he wants to put people in charge of all the different agencies that follow his you know same thought process. Or shoot him in the back. You know, is yeah. he going to? Well, can you get those people to fire everybody in their agencies? Because no. that's the only way you're going to get rid of the swamp, folks. Well, it has and to happen. That, Trump didn't do it. And the bureaucracy. Well, he knew he couldn't do it either. It's not yeah. possible. Uh, he didn't try very hard. That's not with, one concession with him is that he just did not try very hard to clean house. That's what, yeah. well, but it's what JFK gave us back in the 60s when, yeah, he, when he allowed government to workers to become unionized. Yeah. Once you did that, it was all over was with. No getting rid of him once it's a union. That's yeah. right. It's all over with. So getting rid of the swamp, I'm going to tell you, you just got to work in the swamp and work around the swamp as best you can. And we, Cut we the need budget. Well, we need, we need executives, executive branch, like like the governors or the or the, or the president in this case, being willing to just say, you know what, we don't even need this department. I'm not going to I'm not going to appoint any heads. We're just going to fire them and leave them empty. Well, we're not going to. You know, that's when you get to the Congress. If you control the Congress and you say, don't fund it. That's all yeah. the way you can do it is right. with the money, guys. That's well, that's, 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 <laughs> but that's, that's one of the things that here in Arkansas, we've had a lot of bad laws for a long time. But there weren't enough bureaucrats to enforce a lot of them. And so we were relatively free here in Arkansas. Because a lot of times, I don't think I think a lot of people just didn't know these bad laws existed because almost none of them were enforced to a great extent, and and so now in the last ten, fifteen, twenty years, 
we've hired a whole lot more more bureaucrats, and so all of a sudden, we're not free anymore. <laughs> yeah, and, and we've got. Um, if you want, like I say, if you want less corruption in government, the only way to do it is to have less government. You have to do it with a checkbook. And you can say, hey, guess what? Your department got cut 5% this year, and I'd make some plans because next year it's going to be cut another 5%. That sounds like a good, like you, a good you, start. You do, that f- you do that for four or five years, and then you might say, okay, you know, we're going to keep it the same this year. But you can pick your people then. Yeah, pick your poison. Well, but, but, <laughs> we, but we need legislators who actually believe in principles. I mean, lots of these Republicans go into office say, I believe in small government. Okay, specifically, which which part of government are you going to cut? Which, let me Tell me about these bills you're going to file to cut government programs or, or bureaucrats. or what, what Are you going to eliminate? You're going to take something away from somebody. Yeah. Are, are yeah you, don't who, are you, yeah. who are you going to fire? Who are you going to fire? I mean, are, are, going you, home. Are, are you willing to um, eliminate the Barber's Licensing Board? So that R.D. Hopper can go get a haircut from his buddy and pay him $10 when his buddy doesn't have a license to cut hair. You know, if if you did that, in all honesty, just think about this for a moment. If, if they said, we're going to get rid of those laws, folks, do you think that you would end up, we'd have like the, the United States of, of bad haircuts? Do you think what would happen is that people would be so stupid that they couldn't search out somebody who could cut their hair right? Yeah, we need the government to protect us from our barber. That's what I'm saying. I mean, if when you right. need the government that's to what, protect what you exactly. from your barber, right. you're in bad shape. So, right. yeah, you need someone to go to a certified barber. Like, you go to a bad barber once and get one bad haircut. You don't go back to that business anymore. And if you're really concerned about it, ask your friends. Who's a, who's a good Hi. barber? But if you're not very concerned about it, you know, some people, they just go get their head buzzed, and, it, and they just uh, – it doesn't matter who does it's, it it's the barber monopoly act it is it's a, it, the, everybody wants a monopoly oh we got to have a record board we don't have a board so the record board raised the amount of insurance that you have there's a state license that you have to apply for mm-hmm. guess what all these guys that, that are just have a record and pull cars around from used car lot to used car lot let's put all them out of business so they have to come to right. a, and, a state and, certified monopoly and then you have board. to pay an extra 30 or 40 percent to hire these licensed record guys so another example is like the, you have to have a, a, a used car dealer's license and because we know that if we didn't have a licensing system for used car dealers used car dealers would be cheating us oh wait a minute what, what is what is one of the most um, 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 fraudulently uh, reputable dealer i mean i mean businesses in the world it's used car dealers i mean almost everybody knows you can't trust used car dealers and so, and, you can't trust a person selling their own car. Well, and as, but the thing is, that, <laughs> you so, need the so, government to protect and, you and from so this. That's this, right. This yeah, used well, car dealer's licensing scheme hasn't saved us. You, you from, can't be from trusted shysters. with freedom. And the bad thing is, it gives them more power and monopoly, and they cut deals. And so, uh, what what ends up happening is okay. So government government gives out these licenses, which end up appearing as credentials and so well, okay this guy has a license we can trust him does that has that helped with used car dealers has <laughs> no. that helped used probably car dealers probably some uh, maybe probably some uh, well, maybe some maybe but, not uh, let's try some freedom i'm, I'm freedom. with that but yeah. the people who say yeah. i can't be free i can't i, I can't my... i can't make my own my own my own choices i always say that's the people that i always hear say mommy 
I brought my car back to Toyota and twice to get, on their the, to get the yeah. Takata airbag taken out, and I'm still getting recall notices. So I don't know if my car is going to kill me or not. There you <laughs> go. All right. We'll come back. we got more for you. It's a good Monday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Let's get back to it. Dave Ellswick Show Monday here early in January. What is today? I guess 8th or 9th? 9th. The 9th. The 9th of January already. We're already a third way of the, through the through the month. Yeah. It's going fast. Get it while you can. Doesn't the lockdown feel like it was just last year? Was yeah, it was. Ago? It was last year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we'll, we got a lot to talk about today. Don't forget, first of all, Dave Ellswick show starting next Monday. We'll get underway at 7 a.m. and we'll go to 11 a.m. That uh, show about your money and stuff is going away. It's disappearing. Next so Tuesday. it won't be there. Yeah, no, no. It'll be Monday. It will be Monday? Yeah. Uh, look, it won't be a live show. Okay. It's Martin Luther King Day. I've been told this year we got to take Martin Luther King Day as a holiday. So it'll be a best of Dave Ellswick show okay. yeah. on uh, on Monday. We won't be on You guys won't. <laughs> uh, you might be. We might be. You might be, but it'll be something that you said before. Uh, Tuesday, next Tuesday, we'll be at live. the Capitol live to start our coverage of the session, which gets underway this week. Sort but, you know, it's all, you know, getting the people in position and committees and all of that. Nothing's really being and, done. And even, even, even next week is probably going to be a lot of um, kind of. Initiation well, they'll start. They'll of... start bringing out bills and stuff next week, and then mm-hmm. you, uh, you got the, the governor elect, uh, of course, who is uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She'll take the oath of office tomorrow, so she'll really be the uh, uh, the, the governor as of tomorrow at noon, and that's going to happen on the steps of the Capitol. I'd highly recommend, by the way, if you've never been to something like that, that you go to it. And, uh, and see it. And it will be kind of a historical uh, time because she's the first woman governor ever elected Let's here in the state. Let's wait to see how she does. <laughs> you know? We have high hopes. Yeah, yeah. I have do have high, high hopes. hopes we for, have high hopes. As long as it's not business as usual, actual yeah. progress would be nice. Yeah, okay. So well. you got that. And uh, so that's all we got going right now. I've got a question out from Bart Hester, the president pro tem, uh, about why he's trying to give uh, uh, a pro tem position, assistant pro tem position, to a Democrat. Is there no Republicans that were running for that position? I haven't gotten an answer yet. So we uh, hopefully we'll maybe get that before let's, I get off the air. Let's play. Let's make o'clock. a deal. Yeah, that might be part of it. We want to find out what's going on with that. All right, here's something else that I didn't get uh, a chance to talk about. Uh, this uh, is uh, from Mayflower. This happened over the weekend. Uh, this is according to GHV. A Mayflower police officer and three state troopers have been put on administrative leave following a shooting incident that happened on Sunday. At about 1 a.m. on January 8th, Faulkner County Sheriff's deputies were doing a traffic stop on a vehicle that was being driven by Michael Scotty Helton. According to reports, Mr. Helton fled the scene which began a high-speed chase through the county and Conway city limits. As a suspect was being pursued by the Faulkner County Sheriff's Office and Conway Police Department, he fired at the officers from the driver's side window. 
Arkansas State Police then joined in the pursuit of the suspect as he drove towards Mayflower. Spike strips were deployed along Highway 89 in an attempt to stop the vehicle, and they caused the car to crash. Helton then got out of the vehicle, waved a gun, which led three state troopers and one Mayflower police officer to fire their weapons. Troopers attempted to give medical aid to Mr. Helton, but he died while still at the scene due to his injuries. No officers were injured in the incident, but the Mayflower police officers or officer and the three state troopers have been put on administrative leave, and the investigation has been turned over to the Arkansas State Police. Just goes to show, if uh, you start waving a gun at police officers, don't be surprised if they shoot back. They, they administered medical aid yeah. after they shot yeah, him. They shot. Well, but, I mean, if somebody shoots at you, I mean, all bets are off that's at that exactly, point. You're right. At yeah. that point, you returned <laughs> well, fire. What, what was that guy's end game? I hope it was worth it. I mean, whatever he thought he was going to accomplish by, like, yeah, I have no idea why. He, why, do you, why would you run? Here's my question about running. Why do you want to run? All those police cars have a radio. They can talk to each other, and they can call in their buddies and everybody yeah. else it's if you're going a certain away. way. It's hard. It's, it's yeah. not. Look, this is not Bob. This is not uh, Dillinger's time, where yeah. Bonnie and Clyde, where you could cross the state line and they couldn't pursue you and stuff. That doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I think hot pursuit shouldn't exist anymore. If you know who it is, you, you're going to be able to find them. A lot of people well, die, police officers and fam, innocent people, in hot pursuit. Hot pursuit. There is no more reason to do it. A lot of times it's not, it's not worth it because you're, you're no. endangering too many people's lives. Exactly. For but issues but for us petty. along the side of the highway, watch them go by at 100 miles, it's exciting. <laughs> I'm yeah, as long as your wife and kids are not at a four-way <laughs> yeah, right. stop that's down true. the road when yeah. they come through at 100 miles yeah, an hour. Well, that's right. true. I'm not disagreeing. Uh, there was a, a, a serious wreck about four months ago in Bryant. Two Bryant police officers were in hot pursuit. They lost control of the car. A tree cut the car in half. And the back half of the car goes back out in the road and hits a passing car and causes it to have a wreck. I mean, they had to be doing at least 120 miles an hour. And yeah, so in the picture, fast that, to cut a car in half. Yeah, so in the picture, the front half of the car is out in the trees, and the back half of the car is out in the road. In the road, wow. So it's like, okay, uh, at some point you can't you, bring people back to life. It's like, hey, these people. I don't. They may have beat their wife. I don't know what they did, but it's not worth killing innocent well, I mean, people over. Yeah, it. the innocent people. I mean, if they if in the hot pursuits, uh, bystanders are are killed or injured, or even have their property destroyed, I don't approve of that. But as far as the people who are running, I have no sympathy for them. People no. who just who well, flip it, out at a traffic stop <laughs> and then you know cause all this damage. Yeah, some, sometimes it may be because they. They, they know if they get caught, they're going to go to prison for yeah. the rest of their life or whatever. And they may have drugs in their car. Oh, yeah. They, they usually uh, did something worse. Well, yeah. it, it, it may, may be. But the thing is, though, that if, if you, it's not reasonable to expect people to just give up if they know, okay, if I get caught, exactly. I'm going to prison for the rest of my life. If you know yeah. who they I are, mean, no, you're I, going I to understand go why they, I, underst- I understand. I, I understand mean, why they do that. I have no sympathy for them because they're still criminals. They still have drugs in their car. They, they still have a warrant out for their arrest. They did something much worse. But uh, 
Yeah, I don't have any sympathy for those people. Neither do I. If, if they get shot by the cops because they were waving a gun at the cops and they open like fire this on the guy. cops like that guy, then yeah, well, see maybe you, you need to quit doing meth. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, Little Rock Police Department has launched a homicide investigation in the 9400 block of Stagecoach Road. Uh, according to police, one victim is deceased. Authorities advise uh, finding an alternate route if you're traveling in the area. That's when this was going down. Uh, go around it so that you don't get caught up in all the bad uh, traffic that's happening there. But evidently, somebody got shot, and that wasn't good. Uh, uh, officers uh, with the Little, North Little Rock Police Department investigating the shooting on Pike Avenue that left a person dead over from over the weekend. I mean, this is on and on now here in central mm-hmm. Arkansas. People, people are are dying, being killed, uh, and uh, they got guns on them. They're, you know, they think that I guess that they're the, a super criminal or something. You know, I don't know. I, I think some of it. They uh, think they're Bonnie and Clyde. They yeah. can shoot them to shoot their way out. I, I don't know. Some of the some of this. I think uh, increased murders here in Little Rock. I think some of it is probably due to the disruption caused by COVID um, stuff and. And a lot of it, I think, is is still just kind of another um, symptom of the destruction of the family. And yeah. we've, we've just got a social structure that that is just so broken that these the, these people don't know how to deal with their problems, and they're, they're having a hard time making a living, and um, they end up in crime. Well, I mean, we're in a recession, and anytime the economy's bad, you know, a lot of people lose their jobs. Like, so. What do they do when they have to make money? Let's go rob a bank. Fast. Yeah, they, they rob a bank. They rob a 7-Eleven more likely, or they, they beat someone up and take their wallet. They do whatever they have to get do to get fast money, and that always happens in a down economy. If we're teaching people they're animals and, and their ancestors right. climbed out of a bowl of soup, right. I mean, uh, you're, you're, what re, what is the value of life? You're establishing very, very bad principles. Yeah, what is the value right. so of for, life? For um, – yeah, for, for people for, for do not years, have a soul. For years and years, and right now it's 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 been changed recently. But for years and years, um, you could kill an unborn person at twelve to fourteen weeks old in the womb, and there was no crime. There was no penalty. It wasn't a felony. It wasn't even a misdemeanor here in Arkansas. If you killed a dog of the same age, twelve to fourteen weeks past gesti- or past um, conception. You could go to prison for it, yeah. and so so you we, this is developing a very very warped moral compass for people, and it's just messed up. Mm-hmm. And so we we shouldn't be too surprised when people have these warped ideas of morality. And even even today, from what I understand, you can be caught for having a large amount of drugs on you, and you may go to prison for much longer than if you actually kill someone, yeah. which is insane. Which yeah. that that also further. Um, contributes to this warped sense of morality is that contraband laws may very very well carry a higher penalty than serious human rights violations like murder. I think we go back to Clint Eastwood, just hang them high. (laughs) (laughs) You you killed somebody, we know you did it. You know, Judge Parker said if the justice is not swift, it will not be effective, basically. I think there's a lot to that. And And now you just... Shoot, craps, you know, 15, I mean, 20 years from now, you know, I may have to. 
Revolving well, door prisons don't teach anybody anything. They just go in and out. They're just used to the system. It does know. teach them things. They teach yeah. them how to be better criminals. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. A lot of times I think that ends up being the prisons end up being sort of educational systems education. for, for criminals. Education as in this is how you commit crimes. Hotel rooms. They no room, no board. They just go there. And it's, and it's, and it's, not, it's not productive. I think, I think prison is one of the worst ways we've ever come up with to punish criminals. And I think it's sort of a holdover from what was going on over in Europe when they would actually – um, take prisoners and use them to profit the state. Yeah. We and can't do that anymore. That's, well, we, yeah. we kind of still do because we've got a lot of government officials who make their living in the prison industrial complex. Yeah. But, but that's a it, – it's a mess. Well, privatized prisons are yeah, one thing. Well, well it's, it, whether they're privatized or not, yeah. we still have people making a living off yeah. of um, – I was thinking more like the uh, incarcerating people. Yeah, and, the prisoners being used for labor, that kind of thing. Well, but yeah. he, whether they're used for labor or they're just locked in cages and held, it's still a very bad way to punish people. Yeah, I think the, I've actually. What do them, you suggest? Well, I think I think the death penalty is is uh, is very appropriate for people who are just simply too dangerous and too wicked to. Well, I don't do. I don't right. deny and that. The, but what cases, about all the other people? A lot of the other you, cases, restitution is is going to be the appropriate way to deal with a lot of problems with property crimes and things of that nature, which we don't do. So, if so someone how, steals, I'm, I'm going to stop you because I mean, you make a lot of good points. However, the devil's in the details. How does somebody pay restitution if they can't get a job because they can't be trusted to work for somebody? Well, how do you force a criminal to pay restitution, too? The That's guy correct. who robbed my apartment and stole my TV owes me $75. I'm never going to see the $75. And, 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 and that's part yeah. of what we've done away with in this society is it used to be indentured servitude was the way that you held people accountable in many respects. And we've just decided that's just wrong. But yeah. the reality is that that's righteous. It's actually it's 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 good policy. But we've yeah. decided well we can't do that. We'll lock them in prison instead. And somehow prison is more honorable than they, forcing someone to work. They just come out and they do debts. it again. How do you deter a repeat offender? And I don't mean like a murderer or someone like that. I mean someone who keeps getting caught on felony burglary charges or something like that. And they just go to prison. They come out. They go. To, they do it again. They, they go to prison. They come out. And they just do it over and over again. What's the consequence for that? That that'll stop them. Okay, we've got. Three and a half, four minutes for you guys to think about <laughs> where we want to go to on this argument. All right, we'll be back. We'll talk more, more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about PI Roofing and Home Solutions. Need construction done? Need some small deals done? Like you're, you know, you're going to get your uh, uh, backyard uh, fixed up, and you need somebody to make all of that construction for you for your deck. They can do it for you because I tell you what, you call one of the big companies. They're going to laugh at you. <laughs> They're going to say, we don't have time to do that, man. we got big deals that we're going to do. So uh, you'll want to get with uh, PI Roofing. They can handle all of that for you. You'll get the great work that they get, give you as far as uh, repairing your roof. We all know how good that is and, and how they've been uh, one of the best roofing companies here in central Arkansas. Now they've expanded. Now they'll do... You know, construction for you. They'll put windows in for you. They'll put gutters on for you. They can do all of that. All you got to do is call them just like you did about the roof. 501-707-3115 or visit them on piroofing.com. Okay, we were notified by the pro tem of the Arkansas Senate. That is uh, Senator State Senator Bart Hester that he's going to try and join us at a quarter till uh, 8 o'clock this morning and tell us why a Democrat is being tagged for a district, you know, assistant pro tem. 
and why what what's all that about and why is that happening and why are we putting Democrats in any kind of position of power at all? Good question as far as I'm concerned. I mean, that's a good question. So yeah, we're, we're going to ask him. And maybe he's got a good explanation yeah, for it. Probably not. Well, I'm just saying. Anyway, we'll, we'll I'm, hear. I'm, I'm going to give him the I'm benefit of the doubt. I'm we, not going to say right. it, it's it's not in his mind a good, uh, you know, uh, uh, explanation. But whether it is a good explanation or not, yeah. we will decide. We talked about transparency earlier. We just yeah, want to know why. Yeah, that's 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 the key. I want to know why we're doing it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see, but I, I, I think he'll uh, sound like he's willing to talk to us. And so, well, I think I'm, Bart knows that I'm I've been firmly in his corner ever since he was elected. He's, what? He's, how many years ago? He's been a friend of the show. He's been in, he's been around, been around the Capitol for what ten or twelve years now. Has it been that long? I, I think so. Well, we'll find out. I'll, I'll ask him. It was. I'll you know, I think him. it might. He may have been elected twenty ten. That might have been ago. the second session that I started coming to the Capitol. Okay. I can't remember, and it's kind of, kind of it all together. runs together, Paul, as you know. It does start running together. Yeah, you know, I mean, I look. I've been. I started going over there and covering the the state legislature the third year I was here, two thousand and three. Mm-hmm. Twenty years of that, it all runs together. Let me just tell you, it's hard to keep it, dates it is straight. Hard to keep track of who's been, who was, who was in office when, and I mean, there's well, a few, hope. few that I can, I can remember. I mean, like I can remember when Bruce Westerman was a state rep, and it was in 2010 that he came up with the whole idea of the the money following the students. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came up with that, and now here we are going into 23, and they're finally looking at that seriously and i think that plays into the crime that we were talking about and everything else children being able to go to the school of choice in the best school that supports them in as in the ideas ghetto schools which are basically prison slash babysitting right, centers so i think it'll help crime i think it'll help uh the even the public schools will have to compete is not a bad thing no it's always competition's always good it makes sense that's why they don't want you to do it (laughs) so so, uh, but what we're going to find out guys is how good of a lobby you know the teachers association and the superintendents have is it the people of arkansas have spoken I believe, well, and, that, and, that's and the question almost 65% is: sixty-five percent say this is what they want so done. Let's see what the bureaucrats, you know, the superintendents have a lot of pull. So they what do you do have a lot of pull, and, and and they're also very persistent, and they'll spend your tax dollars to lobby the legislators. I think in many cases, and so you, as a listeners, need to call your legislators and encourage them, and and email them and text them and be polite, but show up to the Capitol when these bills are coming up. Um, Show up before. Show up before they come up. But yeah, but call them and be polite. Um, if they don't, if you don't know them personally, don't expect to have a long conversation with them. You might just call them and say, "Hey, please vote for this bill or vote against this bill." But call them up and let let them hear from you because the fact is, they are more than likely going to be hearing from these paid, government funded lobbyists, and it's um, they have a big influence in the legislators. But these legislators can be swayed. If they're getting some, um, some, um, f- a lot of feedback from their constituents. But you and I both know before Sarah Sanders, this had no it, hope. It did no have zilch. Much hope. You're yeah. right. You're right. And, and so it's, th- this is the first hope 
since 2010. But it's also the first time that the platform of the state Republican Party had it in as part of their That's platform. That's true, too. That's and, true, too. And I'm going to tell you, if, if you got several Republicans that keep voting against school choice, time to leave the Republican Party, my friend. I'm yeah, just well, telling you. We can hold them accountable now for, the, for adhering to the platform because the people have spoken. It's in the platform. I think most Democrats are for it. And I'm working for Cody get Cody Highland on the, on the show. That's something I'm working on. Haven't been able to come up with the time, but we will. He's the new chairman of the Republican Party of Arkansas. Try to spend a lot of time at the Capitol during the so, session. Or? Well, I don't know if he will or not, but we will uh, get him on. He's got. He's, he's not retired. He's a he's a practicing attorney, I assume. Yeah, I would think. Although he makes pretty good money being the, the, the chairman. chairman maybe has enough maybe it'll be enough for him to stay full-time all right let's get to uh, bill o'reilly that's up next here on the dave ellswick show plus we'll talk more about the church commission all right so uh i've been sitting here listening to rd tell me what's going to happen today over at the capitol and man we got all the different groups are showing up today i to hand out food and all kinds of stuff i mean the beer distributors are going to be there and what is it that the beer distributors want? I mean, I I, I haven't heard I, I of anything. Like that they've they're got, looking they've got for. a meeting for the legislators to to go and meet with over another somewhere else. That's actually a different. Well, location, sure, I but think. they they're wanting to meet them to push something. I'm sure it is. Maybe, I wonder what um, it is. All industries always have issues that they're working on. One of the main things is you know. Don't put us out of business and help us to create a bigger monopoly. A lot of that going on, for sure. <laughs> well, because like right now we've we've got laws in place that limit the number of um, alcohol dealers that can be in a certain area, which mm-hmm. is, I'm sorry, it's it's a serious constitutional violation. I think they, they, those laws should be eliminated. A lot of times, I think the the alcohol distributors like it because it means that if if you've got uh, yeah, if you can only have three in a, in a in, given in area, a, a given area, sure, then. But if you have the three licenses that allow you to right. have that, you don't want any more right. you don't, you don't want competition. someone else to come in. And, um, that makes sense. Of, I mean, right. That's true. Well, I understand. Maybe they want to be able to sell beer at high school football games. Maybe so. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I got I got Aaron's attention on that one. His dad's a football coach in high school. I Let got, me tell you, the amount of people at a high school football game, if there was beer involved, would just – that would be a riot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've got some family members you wouldn't want to be there. I'm just, I'm just uh, saying. I'm just, you know, they're always looking for more marketing. I mean, right. so, I mean, they'll buy, they'll pay the money to be able to. Well, I don't know if they can or not. Can a can a a, a company that sells beer, you know, Advertise. put up? Well, no, put up the scoreboard, or does it? Are they refrained could, from doing that? And a, it's got to be like a soda company. Could, or could it be like a Coors Light's um, um, scoreboard? scoreboard? Yeah, you know, I don't know. You know, brought by Coors Light. I, I something tells me that probably there's a law against that. That it's got to be Coca Cola or Pepsi or you know, uh, because we know that diabetes Mountain is Dew, so much better than cirrhosis of the Mountain, liver. Mountain with uh, you know was a Mountain Dew melon flavor. <laughs> Real well, flavor, you know, kind of thing. Not, anyway, not, not not the kind of Mountain Dew you saw back in the in the twenties. Yeah, Yahoo, <laughs> Mountain Dew, yeah, not, nothing like that. But yeah, that's kind of interesting. I just was, you know, it makes my imagination go wild. All right, earlier we talked about the Church Commission, and uh, what's his name, Tucker Carlson, 
had on a state rep dealing with this who's going to be in touch going to be in charge of this FBI committee we talked about in Congress that yeah. can yeah can look at the FBI but they can go out and pursue other things that might pop up during their ongoing investigation so let me play a little bit of that interview so you can hear what's happening congressman thanks so much for coming on thanks tucker it, it looks like i'll probably be on that committee but i can't say that i will run it uh, i will say that you know while we've seen this drama unplay on the house floor behind the scenes along with those people who uh... withheld their vote for kevin mccarthy until they got the transformational changes in the House and the way the House works, uh, we were working with uh, to make sure that this church committee, a suggestion that you've had, and thank you for suggesting that I should be on it. I don't know if you're clairvoyant or just made the future happen, but it's happening. Uh, We were making sure that this committee wasn't going to be fenced in, that it wasn't just going to be a show committee. We wanted to make sure that we have full jurisdiction, that if we stumble onto something at another three-letter agency, that they don't say, whoa, that's out of your jurisdiction. Or if we find out there's more than a violation of the First Amendment right, if there are other civil rights that are being violated, we've secured a guarantee that we can go wherever the evidence leads us. So everyone who's attempted this, and and few have attempted it, but Frank Church certainly attempted it, and the Congress attempted it again in 1976 with their Special Committee on Assassinations. Those committees bumped right headlong into a wall of secrecy, and it drove a lot of them, those members, kind of crazy. Are you prepared for, for this honestly awesome task? I think we are, and we've been laying the groundwork for that. Uh, Dan Bishop, my colleague from North Carolina, and Jim Jordan, we've been talking to the Intel Committee, which has the authority to to get all of that information. By the way, a lot of this is going to play out down in the skiff. You're going to have to trust the people that are put on this committee. And I'll tell you what, if there's something fishy going on, I'll come out of the skiff and tell you. Uh, But a lot of it will be behind closed doors. There will be classified information. But if we find anything illegal or unconstitutional, we will bring it forward. Well, in in your specific case, I believe you. And I am uh, so grateful that you're doing this. And I really hope that if you find anything like that, to the extent you can tell us about it, you will. Thomas Mann. All right. So there you have that conversation that he had. That was on Friday night. I saw it. I went back and uh, got it off the Internet, gave it to Aaron on Saturday, said we want to play this on Monday, so now you're hearing it. Mm-hmm. A lot goes into preparing for the show. And that's that I think is could be, could be, let me use that word, could be a very uh, important committee. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like it could be. And, it, and it's it, 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 maybe they'll be able to break through some of the secrecy and maybe hold some of these people accountable, but it, it's just like we were talking about earlier in the show, it's just such a serious problem when these government officials can put this, make this stuff top let me, secret. Let me tell you one of the things that came out of the Church Commission, and that was that from the early 1960s, AT&T was giving phone records to the CIA. Ooh, why? You know, I mean, I don't know if they ever got a direct answer back from AT&T. I just know that AT&T finally quit doing it. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Maybe that that that's good things. Now this is where I get into some some uh, kind of crosswired with some senators. Won't mention who they are. Some senators, some some uh, you know congressmen who believe that there are things that you can't tell the American people. 
I believe that that may be true in very rare cases. But for the most part, the American people should be, uh, you know, kept up to date on a lot of stuff. Occasionally there's some situations that need to be kept under wraps first. My troop movements and things for that For strategy purposes. But, you know, six months later, it doesn't matter. After the fact, you can tell people. But in the heat of the in the heat of the heat of battle, yes, you probably need to keep some things secret, but it shouldn't be secret for forty years. And and so many of these things, if you keep it secret, forty sixty years, or keep it secret for so long that you, can't, that you can't hold the criminals accountable. And when they're kept secret because of the criminal behavior, that's a serious problem. Yeah, that's yeah, that's and, for sure. You know, it's sixty years on Kennedy, right? Sixty three. Mm. Yeah. Hey, I think I, you know what? I think the American people can pull up their, their underwear and, and hear the truth sure. about a lot of this stuff. Yeah, if it was government, if it was government officials who killed him, tell us. Yeah. yeah. But in the meantime, that may be, that may be that, that we decide <laughs> that we need to seriously change the, um, the way that law enforcement works on the federal level is that, look, we've got a history of extremely bad behavior or criminal behavior. All right. The state uh, senator. senator pro tem, uh, Bart Hester, is on the line with us. Hello, Bart. How are you this morning? I'm doing great today. How are you, Dave? I'm doing good. By the way, we were just wondering, we saw that the, the beer distributors were having some kind of big powwow with you guys. What about? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, in fact, I'm sitting at my. I have an invitation sitting on my desk this morning. First, I've, first I've heard about it, but I, I probably won't be uh, attending. Is, is that is that open to the public? Uh, I'm sure it is. I mean, as, like I say, here's what I know. Uh, I walked in right. and saw the invitation sitting on my desk. There you go. Anyway, I think that they're going to ask you if they can sell beer at high school football games. I mean, that's just that's just or serve it at the capitol <laughs> oh man all right let's get to what i i asked you for uh, about clark tucker clark tucker has been uh, given an assistant uh, pro tem position explain first of all what an assistant pro tem is and then why did you put a democrat in there sure well the assistant pro tem is a mostly symbolic position uh, different uh, different pro tems use them for for different things. I believe uh, uh, Senator Hickey would from time to time bring the you know the four assistant pro tems in and ask their advice on something. But I think I'll ask all thirty five senators' advice uh, or thirty four other than myself. Uh, and really, it's just a for, for the my main goal today was to try to include a, as many members as I could. Uh, I'm not certain how I use the assistant pro tems yet, but uh, and every aspect of what I was doing on day one was. Uh, trying to put uh, three-quarters Republicans and then a Democrat. You know, they're, they're, they make up almost 20% of our Senate. Uh, day one's very symbolic. And so I try to do that in, in all areas. Okay. I, now, I have to agree with what you're, what you're trying to do. You, know, uh, you govern and you work to govern for all the people of uh, Arkansas, and you want to make that uh, fair. So three-quarters Republicans, one-quarter uh, Democrats, correct? Yeah, that's right. It's actually, well, uh, not even 20% Democrat, but, you know, we don't have half members. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, it, it, is, it, is a, it is a fair thing. Certainly on day one, everyone's families are here. We want most members, if not all, to find a way to be recognized in some way. And that's, and that's really the goal. We're, we're not trying to be D.C. here, uh, even though we've changed some policies in the Senate to make it very, very difficult on Democrats that I've supported. 
not allowing them to chair committees, uh, not allowing them to have more than two members on any committee mm-hmm. out of ten. Uh, and all that is based on how the people of Arkansas have voted us in, you know, less than 20 percent Democrat, 80 percent Republicans. And that's how we run our committees. All right. Well, we, we appreciate that. We have not seen that in the past. And we appreciate that. All right. We had one minute left. Do you have a last question? quickly, uh, I, Paul? I, guess the, it, I think it's a little bit confusing to some of us what the job of the pro tem is. It's a little different from like the Speaker of the House or it's. That's right. Uh, again, it. Interesting enough, it's a very symbolic position. It has no great authority outside that what the members give them on a daily basis. So, uh, you know, in, in the, in the, when the speaker, you know, he, he controls everything. In the, in the Senate, um, we recognize that somebody's got to choose what time we come in and out of session. Somebody's got to make some appointments. Somebody's got to be the bad guy when there needs to be a bad guy. And so, uh, but I could be removed in a moment's notice if members don't feel like I'm treating everyone fairly. Okay, so it's not, right. so it's like the... The lieutenant governor is basically the the counterpart to the speaker of the house. Uh, well, no, the lieutenant governor. You know, really, the, their only job is to provide over the Senate when we are in session. They're like so, the parliamentarian, uh, right? Okay. That's right. The parliament. Well, uh, we we have a parliamentarian, but yeah, they just preside over it. They say, yeah. "Yes, you can speak. No, you're out of order." <laughs> things. And uh, and then if they can't be here, then the pro tem usually sits in that seat. Okay, so you're right. assistant. Bart, I'll be there next Tuesday. Be my first broadcast. We'll get you on the air. How's that sound? Okay. I'd be be glad to do it. All right. We'll see you. Yeah, have a good one. We just had a question. Thanks for the answer. We appreciate it. So Dave Ellswick Show here at 101.1 FM. The answer, again, three quarters Republican, and then he gives a quarter. Whereas he said he can't just, like, saw his legs off or something. (laughs) So he's got to make him 20%. But anyway, he he gets his, his position in it. Well, we've seen committees stacked. We've seen deals cut to where Democrats have a majority in some committees, and we've actually seen Democrats chair committees uh, since 2010, since the Republicans have taken over. So that is an, that's an excellent change. That it's, is, it's a that's balance. Gone. That is that's a balance, you know, that's by what the voters have it's spoke. It's not happening anymore. Okay, we'll take a break. It's Dave Ellswick's show. We're going to be back. We're going to talk some more here before we finish up. we got just about, uh, when we come back, we'll have about six minutes. Don't forget about East End Towing. East End Towing wants you to know, no matter what happens to you, to put you on the right side in the in the lane there, uh, and because your car broke down or your trailer broke down or your camper broke down, they can handle it. They got the equipment to handle it. They know how to get you off of the road. They know how to get you to where you want to go. Because no matter the situation, East End Towing can handle it. Call them, 501-888-8849, 501 Her staff is Gretchen Conger who worked directly with uh, Governor, uh, I'm trying to think of his name right now, from Arizona, just just left office. Anyway, he was instrumental in getting school choice. She worked hard on it. And uh, coming up next week on the 19th, uh, the folks from uh, 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 Americans for Prosperity are bringing in one of the main state representatives or senators from Arizona to speak to people about school choice as well. When is that going to be? That's on the 19th. 19th, big, big deal going on all day in the morning uh, uh, dealing with that. That's great. We'll have to be there for that. Great. I've got a 
uh, yeah, I can show you here in a minute. You got the little thing with the school bus? Great information. Um, I got something from, um, <laughs> oh, what's her name um, with AFP? What's her name? Um, Lori? I think it was Lori. Okay. It was somebody else. All right. But I, I, I show, it, show it to RD or you. Yeah, because, you know, school choice week is coming up here in a couple of weeks, I believe. It's not this week, but next week, I Next think. week, too. Yeah, okay, so it's, it's all happening next week. I think it's next you know, week today. going to be those a big are, push starts. Those points might sound better than the governor, you know, bringing in the person that helped uh, write Mitt Romney, helped Mitt Romney write Omnicare. Yeah. Romney Care oh, from, Romney from Massachusetts. You know, remember that so, they brought uh, her in and put her over at what, DHS. DHS, yeah. You know, so... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be watching. I mean, those appointments are important. Oh yeah, you know they, they tell are you important. Something. Yeah, they tell you something. If they have, if they're if they're carrying over the philosophy of uh, here in education, universal school choice, you can figure that the governor is getting ready to make a big push on it. And just about everybody I'm seeing that she's bringing in are big on universal school choice so that's great let's keep our fingers crossed you, you know good things can get sidelined and shorted out we've seen it happen before but i i didn't tell you guys this story they had a they had a meeting uh here in the last couple of weeks dealing with uh, education and they were talking about uh, some of the things they wanted to do and somebody brought up well the superintendents aren't going to like that and this person who will be stay unnamed, put their hands up, you know, speak to the hands, put her hands towards them and said, excuse me, we're not talking about superintendents. We're talking about families and kids. That is a 180-degree turnaround from the way that, it's right. definitely been done in the committees before. Amen so that, that gives me help. It gives me hope. Give me help. Gives me hope that uh, good things are going to happen. Really, yeah, is. that's an improvement. That's yeah, an improvement. absolutely. That their mindset is on the kids and on the on the parents, and that's that's the way it should be. RD, thanks for coming in. I enjoyed it. Thank Always you. pleasure Have to Mark Pettigrew, who had to get out of here a few minutes earlier. Thank you, Mark, for coming in, and of course to you, Paul. Our Old Testament prophet. <laughs> you got to get some gray in that beard I'm here, guys. Okay, well, you need more. You need some yeah. streaks in it, kind of like you know Moses coming down from the mountain. You know, we need give, that. Give it another couple of years. Yeah, that it happen. Okay, so anyway, they'll be back uh, a week uh, from today. They won't be back next week. Week after next week's uh, Martin Luther King birthday, we will not be on the air. It'll be a best of Dave Ellswick. But Tuesday, we will be at the Capitol first broadcast of the session. You won't want to miss that. I know that uh, we got some Doyle Webb will join me that day, and you heard that the Pro Tem's going to be on, and I'm sure the Speaker of the House, good possibility, he'll be joining us. Want to get the uh, Chairman of the Republican Party on as well. There's a lot of things to start talking about and what's coming up over the next few weeks, the next few months here in Arkansas. All right, let's get to the final hour of today's show. And... Uh, Going to p- play a couple of uh, audio cuts for you the first half hour here. Uh, if you didn't stay up late enough Friday night, the 15th ballot, to hear uh, McCarthy become Speaker of the House, I'm going to play a part of his speech. But before I play that, I'm going to play a part of Hakeem uh, Jeffries, who's the new minority leader in the uh, House. And you will hear the differences in the two parties. Just tell you, huge difference. 
because uh, as I listened listen to Jeffrey's talk, I wanted to puke. I mean, literally wanted to hurl. Uh, if you think Pelosi is a lefty, wait till you hear this guy's speech. We've got that ready to go, don't we, uh, Aaron? All right. Here is this segment. It's This is towards the end of the speech. It's about how long is it, uh, Aaron? About a couple minutes? Yeah, the segment we're about to play is about about a minute. Okay, so. about a minute. He started knocking off, uh, ticking off in his his feelings about the difference differences between the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, and here's what he had to say. House Democrats will always put American values over autocracy, benevolence over bigotry, the Constitution over the cult, democracy over demagogues, economic opportunity over extremism, freedom over fascism, governing over gaslighting, hopefulness over hatred, inclusion over isolation, justice over judicial overreach, knowledge over kangaroo courts, liberty over limitation, maturity over Mar-a-Lago, normalcy over negativity, opportunity over obstruction, people over politics, quality of life issues over QAnon, reason over racism, substance over slander, triumph over tyranny, understanding over ugliness, voting rights over voter suppression, working families over the well-connected, xenial over xenophobia, yes we can over you can't do it, and zealous representation over zero-sum confrontation. All right. So that, that's what he said. Unbelievable. All right. First of all, that speech that's given by the minority leader is not supposed to be like that. It's not supposed to be a divisional uh, a, a speech that divides everybody. It's supposed to be a speech that uh, begins to pull everybody together because you're going to have Republicans and Democrats with a very uh, small majority of uh, Republicans trying to govern for the people of this country. The one that I that caught me off completely on this is that, you know, with the Democrats, you never hear kangaroo courts. What was the January 6th thing? Was that not a kangaroo court? We'll tell you who you can have on the committee. We'll tell you who can be, uh, you know, uh, say anything uh, if you're a Republican. Uh, Nancy Pelosi named the people that could be on there. Jim Jordan wanted to be on it. She said he couldn't be on it. And uh, we had no subpoena power. We had nothing. All they, all that they did was they put on their own dog and pony show. That, my friends, was a true kangaroo court of public opinion. That's what it was. That's all that it was. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to get the Republicans are going to take the time uh, during the, the sessions, the two years that they've got, and they're going to give they're going to raise the questions that need to be raised about what happened from the Democrat side. So we're going to get that as as well. That's going to be out there uh, for you to lo- look at. But, you know, I, I have to say, Jeffries is a good speaker, a lot like Obama. Good orator. But everything that he was saying was false. Everything was untrue. Just wasn't right. 
Now, when Kevin McCarthy got up and gave his speech, I I was listening to it. And I was going, yeah, 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 you know, because it was kind of a boring, you know, kind of a what you would expect from the person who's going to be a new speaker and all of that. But then he hit an area. You know, he talked about Lincoln. He talked about the place that he likes to go in uh, the House, in, this, in the House of Representatives, is Statuary Hall. Because that's where the House used to meet before they built the new chamber. And he said that you can stand in Statuary Hall, and I know this is true because I've been there many a time. You can stand towards the back, and you can stand exactly where Congressman Abraham Lincoln sat. And you can look up at the wall, and there's a clock to your left. And that clock is the exact same clock that was there when Lincoln was there. And that's kind of cool that you can see those kind of things. But then he started talking about there's a hallway that you walk down, and they got this huge picture of Lincoln. And then next to it is a picture of George Washington. Not just of George Washington, but of George Washington crossing the Delaware. And he talked about that picture, and I learned some things by listening to what Kevin McCarthy had to say, and uh, let's just pick it up right there. All right, so uh, we didn't get the exact place I was talking about, but that's okay. That's all right. Again, that's about the 1430 mark of his of his speech there, Aaron, is where he starts talking about Washington. If you find it, let me know, and uh, we'll uh, we'll pick it up there. And, and listen to what he said about that portion. Because there's part of it that I didn't know. Because he says, don't look at Washington. He says, don't look at Washington. Because, see, the picture was painted about 100 years after, you know, uh, Washington crossed Del- the Delaware. The artist wasn't there. It was a representation of America that he was going for when he painted that picture and it's uh it it was it's really a, a great great uh presentation uh by mccarthy uh in that uh that there but that was a good portion of a piece of his uh speech too because he talked about lincoln building the, the railroad uh that connected the the west coast to the east coast and they did it then and we could do it again and and he's right we can build a railroad, perhaps I don't know. It, we might we might have gone too far down the road of partisanship to ever get to the point where uh, both parties will work together to build something like, you know, the Continental Railroad that happened um, in the 1800s here in in the United States. But still, uh, it, it's a it's a good point to be made. If they did it then. And and did it during a time when you know the Civil War was getting underway and doing its thing. Why can't we do it today? And it it makes uh, all the sense in the world when you make that uh, that point. But uh, that piece about the the picture of of Lincoln or not Lincoln but Washington cover, uh, crossing uh, the Delaware is really important because like he's like he made the point. When he was crossing on Christmas Eve, 
1776. We hadn't won a battle yet. We had lost every battle that we had fought against the British at that point. Now, we were crossing the Delaware into Trenton, and we were going to take on uh, a stronghold of Hessians. Those were paid swords, so to speak. They were paid uh, by the British government to fight. They were Germans, is what they were, uh, to fight with the with the English against us. And they were tough, really tough. And we caught them with their pants down, literally, uh, on Christmas Eve night or Christmas early Christmas morning. And they'd been partying all night and, and whoring it up and all kinds of stuff. And uh, we defeated them. And it was the first big win in the Revolutionary War for our side. And it was uh, it, it set the the start of the momentum that went on for uh, the uh, revolutionary forces to finally you know corner Cornwallis uh, at uh, I want to say Waterloo and that's not right but uh, at, in the battlefield of the final uh, battle with his back to the ocean and. The French fleet had shown up, and so he knew the war was over, and that's when uh, the British, uh, you know, gave their swords over to uh, the Americans. And so uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really, it's a very good story, and I'll get to it. We'll, we'll edit it up, and I'll play it for you one day. We'll get it right and, uh, and get it for you, but you, you need to hear it. But it was, it's a difference— between what was presented by the Republican Party, what was presented by the Democrats. Democrats, Democrats are not looking, are not looking to, uh, to you know, work with the Republicans. Jeffries made that very clear. He called us basically every name in the book without calling us the name. That's all. I mean, he didn't call us a racist. He did use xenophobe and, and some other words, but he wasn't pointing, he, he, he didn't directly point his finger at the Republicans, but it's exactly who he was delivering that part of the speech to. And McCarthy was trying to say, if we all, because he, he talked about the different people that were in the boat in this picture, had an Irishman, you had an African-American. You have a woman. You have, I think, a uh, a minister. And you have a Native American. And they're all rowing this boat across the Delaware to the first victory towards a new land where all men are created equal. And uh, a, a land of freedom. And that's what McCarthy was talking about, working together for the American people. That's not what Jeffries said. Jeffries was nothing but a political hack speech. That's all it was. That was it. So, um, I mean, if you haven't heard McCarthy's speech, you know, you don't have to listen to the whole thing. I'm just telling you, go to about the 14-minute mark, Start maybe a little bit before that so you hear the Lincoln segment, and then hear 
what he had to say about the Washington uh, picture going across the Delaware. All right, we've got to get our first break in here in the 9 o'clock hour. Let's go ahead and do that. It's because it's 9.20. I'm a couple of minutes uh, behind time here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, but I wanted to, to to talk a little bit about that. Got a lot more to talk about yet as we continue here on, uh, of course, Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Yeah, that's going to start Monday, all right, from uh, 7 a.m. until 11 a.m. And then after uh, my show's over, then Charlie Kirk will come on. So uh, that's what you can expect. Starting on Tuesday, uh, during the session, I will be live at Capitol on Tuesdays and Thursdays to cover what's going on at the Capitol, what the uh, politicians are doing, what they're trying to do uh, uh, with the Republican Party. We'll want to listen and find out. We'll have newsmakers on each of those days. That doesn't mean we won't be on on like a Wednesday because we might be, depending on if a vote is being taken on an important piece of legislation or even on a Friday or a Monday. I mean, we'll we'll call it by ear, but I can tell you Tuesday and Thursday for sure we're going to be there. On uh, Tuesday of this coming week, uh, Doyle Webb will join me, and he's going to be there to since he's been a state senator. He's been uh, the head of uh, the uh, uh, lieutenant governor's office under uh, Rockefeller, uh, the head of the Republican uh, uh, party here in in Arkansas. He's going to be on to try to talk about what are some of the things that you should be listening and watching for uh, during the uh, the session. What's going on, kind of how they set up the commitment, how they set up the committees, maybe some different things that are happening now that weren't happening when he was in office and he was in office when Republicans were at a decided minority. So uh, he'll be joining us next Tuesday. Uh, we heard this morning when we had on the uh, the pro tem, the Senate pro tem, uh, Bart Hester, that he'll join us next uh, Tuesday. And uh, we'll, ha- we'll uh, offer and, and try to get a lot of other people on uh, as well uh, so that you can keep in, in touch with what's happening uh, in the uh, the wonderful world of politics in the, uh, you know, as far as our um, elected officials are concerned. We're going to try to keep, uh, kind of keep up on all of that uh, information ready to go here on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Um, on Thursday of next week, we're going to do a lot of stuff on school choice. You won't want to miss it. Uh, we'll be hearing from a lot of different people uh, that are going to be at the Capitol that day because there's a big uh, uh, event going on in the rotunda, I think on the second floor. I'm going to be on the third floor, be one up from them. So it's going to be loud in there on Thursday, I can tell you that much. And I'm kind of looking here if I can find uh, some of the things that we'll be looking uh, at what is going to be happening, uh, the things that are going to be happening there. I'm, I'm running through my my uh, uh, text messages right now looking for some stuff, and I can't find it. I will find it, and I will bring it to you, and we'll do that on the other side uh, of the break that we'll have. 
So and we got a lot of different things going on that I want you to be aware of and uh, what we're going to try to do. Uh, let me read this article to you first. A lot of people wondering what's going on uh, in our in our country on things. Taxpayer dollars being spent to conduct widespread woke diversity training sessions across numerous prominent federal agencies. There's a sh- huge deal, deal going on in the military right now. This is from the Daily Signal. Uh, a Wall Street Journal report on a Freedom of Information Act request revealed December 30th. The information gathered comes from 2021. So it's been going for a couple, almost, you know, for at least one year, working into its second year now. And here's what they're doing. You can't be surprised by the findings, but it's still notable. When someone says trust the experts in government, you need to think of the following. The Department of Veterans Affairs has a gender gingerbread person. NASA says beware of micro inequities. And if the U.S. Army service women express discomfort showering with a female who has male genitalia, what's the brass uh, reply going to be to that? Well, it's going to be talk to your commanding officer, but toughen up. In other words, you know, lather up. A person's going to be there. The report highlights how the cult of diversity, equity, and inclusion has been established and codified in our federal government during President Biden's tenure. One of Biden's early efforts was a DEI, excessive executive order, to establish a government-wide initiative to advance diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility in all parts of the federal government. Uh, workforce and they're not kidding what they're saying there they are not kidding at all and the agencies jumped into action unlike other under republican administrations when bureaucrats refused to comply with even the simplest demands of the apostate executive the bureaucracy springs into action for democratic presidents of the true faith what's striking that's that even the most serious parts of our federal government like the Department of Homeland Security, NASA, and the military now have programs to comply with this great awakening. Uh, The U.S. Army offered three modules on transgendered policy, one for commanders at all levels, another for special staff, and a third for units and soldiers. And I'll tell you more about it when we come back from the break, which we got to get here and get you some news on the Dave Ellswick Show. A half hour left, and I got a lot of stuff I want to cover here. I was uh, talking about this article that I had, came from the Daily Signal. Quote, the U.S. Army offered three modules on transgender policy, one for commanders at all levels, another for special staff, and a third for units and soldiers, that according to Wall Street Journal. Uh, notable is a series of vignettes that cover pronoun usage. And how about this one? A serviceman who wants to discuss his newly confirmed pregnancy. Let me read that to you again. I'm not making it up. This is actually being promoted in the military today. A serviceman who wants to discuss his newly confirmed pregnancy. Now, this is a kind of nonsense. 
on all honesty. This is kind of nonsense that even our military now devotes time to. The Department of Veterans Affairs really does use a gender gingerbread person in a training program about managing gender diversity. But there's more, according to Wall Street Journal. The VA's Managing Gender Diversity Training has sections on pronouns and embracing gender expansiveness. One slide lists terms including gender fluid, pansexual, while instructing list your personal biases in the bias box. A game of privilege bingo includes such items as no criminal record, military experience, and married. Remember when people thought all college campus microaggressions nonsense would stop? Remember microaggressions? I mean, we would talk about that here on the air. Now, what can you say? What can you do that will, you know, trigger somebody? Because what you're doing is aggressive. Your speech is aggressive to them. When We thought that when the kids grew up and got a real job, that'd go away. Well, they got the real jobs and they got them in business and government. And they're using their power to uh, ensure that every aspect of our society reflects their warped ethos. For instance, NASA literally has a tip sheet devoted to microaggressions. Here are some examples. A microaggression would ask would be asking an Asian person to help with a math or science problem. As well as saying, America is a melting pot. That's a microaggression. A slide deck on inclusive language suggests mixing, quote, the poor, unquote, and mixing that out and substituting it with people dealing with economic hardship. You know, you don't want to have a microaggression towards people who don't have a lot of money or anything by calling them poor. No, you should call them people dealing with economic hardship. You know, basically, stargazing has been replaced by navel-gazing at NASA. Uh, Elon Musk's SpaceX is making most of the interesting advancements in space exploration these days because it looks like NASA is spending so much time on this crap, they don't have time to spend time on space exploration, sounds like to me. But there's, there's just a treasure trove of absurdities. Is there now a uh, conveyor belt from academia to the diversity industrial complex? Uh, they've, they've got a whole uh, area where in, back in 2010, there was a blog called Crunk Feminist Collective. And 11 years later, it's in a training for government workers. This investigation brings up a serious question for America in 2023. It's one I've talked about to you here on the state. Are we so rich, so powerful, and so secure in our position in the world that we can devote a large share of our resources, economic, financial, and human, to this nonsense? 
is it is the reason that we're doing this because you know we've got so much that we can sit and think of the, this inanity kind of stuff and think that it's serious and we promote it so uh, just keep in mind what's going on think about what's going on here that's that's happening in the the world now as as we speak Got more for you about this stuff in just a moment, but before we get to it, let me go back now, and I have been told that we have the segment of the speech from McCarthy uh, dealing with uh, uh, Washington's, uh, you know, Washington crosses the Delaware painting. So here is that part of the McCarthy. I wanted to play this because it shows the difference between Jeffries, who's the minority leader, and attack the Republicans, come xenophobes, racists, and all kinds of stuff, to a person who's trying to to pull America together, which was the new Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. My most favorite spot in this building is not in this chamber. It's in the chamber they met before, in the Statuary Hall. It's my favorite place to take people on a tour. You see, it's where Abraham Lincoln served. He was just a one-term congressman, sat in the back. I like to go to that spot, and I like to stand where he stood. I like to do it at night when people aren't around. I like to look over and look at the clock. Because that's the same clock and same view that Abraham Lincoln saw. I've watched Lincoln serve in the greatest challenge to our Constitution, the Civil War. I watched him take peoples who were rivals and put them together. I watched in a time that he did not know if a nation could sustain itself, but he dreamt of a future and built a railroad across the nation. I want us to all take a moment one time that you are here. I want you to stand there. I want you to look. And I want you to think. If America could do it then, we can do it now one more time. You know, Abraham Lincoln gave his life in service to this country. One of his most important observations about America applies today, as much as it did 160 years ago. He said, we are striving to maintain the government and institutions of our fathers and to transmit them to our children and our children's children's forever. My fellow Americans, that is still our mission today. This moment calls for restoring trust within our country and with each other. In that spirit, I will work with anyone and everyone who shares our passion to deliver a better future for the nation. 
I hope you'll join me. As a Congress, we can only operate if we cooperate. My door will be open. I'd like you to come by. I want you to see, as you walk down the hall, a large portrait of Lincoln. I want you to go into that conference room. I want you to see another portrait. My members know of this. It's of Washington crossing the Delaware. You all know the story. It happened on Christmas, 1776. There was no iPhone to take a picture. People wonder when it was painted. It wasn't painted by someone who was there. It was painted in 1850 and 1851. He was an immigrant who lived in America, Emanuel Lentz. You know why he painted it? Because he knew America was more than a country. America was an idea. He went home to Germany. And he wanted Germany to have a revolution based upon the values and freedoms that we defend every day. His talent was art. So he believed if he painted this painting, he could inspire his countrymen to rise up for the idea of freedom. Now, many historians will tell you he didn't get it correct. They'll tell you Washington crossed on a Durham boat, but he paints it with Washington in a rowboat. You see 13 people, but only 12 faces. You see Washington standing up in a rowboat in the middle of winter, wearing a ceremonial uniform with his hand on his chest. He looks so stoic. You would look at that man, you'd say, I'd follow him anywhere. You probably believe that he never lost a battle. But history would tell us at that moment, at that time, he had only lost. We had never won. You see, that was the night of our first victory as a nation when we surprised the Hessians. But when you look at that painting, don't look at Washington. I want you to look at who's in the boat. You see, the second rower in the beret, he's Scottish. The person directly across from him in the green, rowing in the exact same cadence, is an African-American. You come down right to the middle in the red. The person who's rowing the strongest is a woman. And in the very back is a Native American. I don't know from a historic fact if they were in the boat that night. But to this young immigrant who had lived in America, that's who he believed would be in the boat. The second to last person is a farmer. He could be from Bakersfield, I'm not sure. His hand goes across his face. People will debate this part. But what I see is a hand of the 13th person nobody sees. You see, what I believe Emmanuel was saying is, here we are battling for the creation of the idea of freedom, that every individual is equal. Not a perfect nation, but striving to be a more perfect union. Having lost every battle against the greatest challenge with the strongest nation, 
having lost them all, but willing to do it on our holiest of nights, with a hand reached out and asking if you would join us. That's as true today as it was then. If we let everybody in the boat, if we row in the same cadence together, there is no obstacle. This body. All right, so that uh, was the end of the speech. That was a great piece of, uh, you know, wordsmanship. It really was. Whoever wrote that did a great job. It showed us working together, totally the opposite of what Hakeem Jeffrey showed. All right, before I get to our final break, let me remind you about my good buddy, Pat Davis, your health plan man. We had heard today about somebody was paying unbelievably big amounts of money for health insurance as a business person, you know, like $15,000, uh, you know, a month on their on their thing. It was like seventy grand a year or something. And uh, and I said, boy, you should be calling Pat Davis, get 30 to 50% uh, you know, kick on your insurance so you don't have to spend that much money. And that's what uh, the folks at Your Health Plan Man can do for you. You can talk to Pat or any of his other workers there at Your Health Plan Man, uh, and they can help you out. Call or text them, 501-605-6935, right off the bat, the money that you pay just to have health insurance. Get a 30 to 50% break. 501-605-6935. You can call or text them right there. You can do it today. You can do it right now. And they'll get in touch with you. And they'll work with you on this. Make sure middlemen aren't robbing you blind with horribly inflated pricing. Uh, but uh, let the health plan man, as a, you as a client, get to take control of your health care decisions. And you pocket the money instead of uh, the insurance companies and multiple middlemen. That is, of course, yourhealthplanman.com. Again, copy or text them, 501-605-6935, or hit them up at yourhealthplanman.com. All right, let's finish it up for today. I'd like to always finish it up on a kind of a positive note, but today maybe not so much. Let me talk to you what's going on in Oregon. And, yeah, I know it's Oregon, and you go, well, Dave, I don't care what's going on in Oregon. Well, you should, because a lot of times what goes on on the West Coast makes its way across the United States to the East Coast, and uh, maybe uh, Arkansas doesn't pick up all of it, but they pick up a little bit of it, and that's what you don't want to happen. You don't want a little bit of what's going on in Oregon. Uh, This is from Town Hall, which, by the way, website owned by Salem and uh, has uh, writers on it that keeps touch with you about what's going on in the in the world of politics and the culture across our country. According to the town hall, a guide published by the Oregon Public of Education encourages schools to hide students' gender identity from their parents. You know, you don't tell them. You keep that secret. In the 48-page document, the guide tells students to hide their gender identity from parents as well as pushes the woke ideology and queer theory and the idea that a person can be a different gender 
from what they were biologically born, and it's titled Supporting Gender Expansive Students, Guidance for Schools. It explains what to do if students are concerned about their parents finding out about their gender preference. Now, here's a perfect example, a perfect example of a school system putting itself uh, between a student and their parent. That's not what a school system is there for. And yes, it's in Oregon. But I can't even believe that it's happening in any place in the United States that a school system is publishing a guide and it's coming from the Oregon Public uh, of Education group encouraging schools to hide students' gender identity from their parents. Again, in this 48-page document, the guide tells students to hide their gender identity from parents as well as pushes them into the woke ideology and queer theory and the idea that a person can be a different gender from what they were biologically born. It's titled, Supporting Gender Expansive Students Guidance for Schools, explaining that what a student should do if they're concerned about their parents finding out about their gender preferences. That's something that's got to be decided in, uh, in, a, uh, in a family. That's not to be decided by a school system. That is absolutely, completely, unequivocally wrong. And I, and I will not back down from that. It is wrong for them to get involved uh, with all of, all of that. Should not happen in any way, uh, shape, uh, or form. All right, tomorrow on Tuesday edition, Bible Guys will be here in the second hour. Simone will be here in the first hour. In the third hour, uh, we're going to have a special guest join us, and we're going to talk about could we be coming to the point in America of complete tyranny? Is, is that possible? Is that possible? Uh, David Horowitz will join us uh, tomorrow at 9.05. got a new book out called Final Battle, and he is saying... Is this the final battle for America that's coming up? We'll hear what he has to say uh, tomorrow during the 9 o'clock hour of the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. He's a great thinker, very smart guy. I'll, uh, you'll, you'll enjoy hearing what he has to say. And then on Wednesday in the 9 o'clock hour, we're going to have somebody come on and talk to you about uh, how to deal with the IRS. One of the things that uh, McCarthy said that they'll not do uh, with the new Congress, is uh, they're, they're going to kill that money for those 87,000 new IRS agents. And uh, we'll be keeping our eye on that to make sure that it gets done. So uh, that's something to, to be thinking about uh, as far as uh, shows coming up here on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. 
Yes, Aaron. Georgia or TCU? I'm going to go with TCU. I think oh, okay. I think I think that that is a team of destiny. It sure it sure looked like it in their their game against uh, 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 Michigan. Here's what I do know: I think it's going to be a great game. I do too. I think it's going to be exciting. That starts at I think 7:30 tonight. If I'm not, where's the 6:30? 6:30. 6:30 tonight. Yeah, national uh, game. That's going to be at what? SoFi? That we're playing. Yeah, there's no tailgating. They're not allowed any, yeah. any tailgating. Whatever that. stupid stuff. All right. Join us tomorrow. Aaron and I will be here. We'll start it at 6 o'clock. Last week of 6 o'clock starts. Start next, next uh, week. We start at 7. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.